1: Welcome to Mind Love, a bonus episode on how podcasting
0: can change your life. I cannot tell you how deeply impacted I have been from the inside out through this medium of podcasting. It is the platform that I chose six years ago to show up to the mic and start something. It was done very ugly and have evolved all of these years. And it, continues to be this massive tool, showing up for the podcast, showing up for the business and the women that I have been privileged to meet. And outside of my actual little business, the podcasting community, I have been blown away by the family that I have found within this podcasting community.
1: Turn up your frequency with Mind Love.
0: By brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's
1: time to give your mind a little love with your host,
0: Melissa Monti.
1: Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. Today, I'm throwing in a little bonus episode because so many of you reach out and ask me about podcasting. So podcasting has completely changed my life. And it's changed it in so many ways. It's changed it in the obvious ways, like tens of thousands of you somehow tune in to hear me talk each week. (laughs) I've built my business because of your support. I have digital programs and I work one-on-one with people. I speak at conferences on growing a podcast. And now I'm even speaking at universities, helping young people avoid some of those mistakes that I made back then. So it's changed me and my life in all these big ways. But it's also changed me in all these ways that I didn't really expect. When I first started all this, I had so much self-doubt. Of course there was the doubt that anyone would even listen in the first place. Like, What if I fail at this publicly? What if I start blasting out this show to all my Facebook friends and they think it's terrible? Or what if I can't get anyone to listen? Or what if it does start to grow and then I can't handle keeping up with it and then everyone knows that I am just not built for success or maybe even worse then I know that I'm not built for success. But something happens when you push yourself out of your comfort zone. You start building evidence for your own success. And each time you do something new, you become someone who can now do that thing. And then you keep becoming until you're someone who can do all sorts of things that you might have been underestimating about yourself your whole life. And podcasting is just so magical because every single time you show up to the mic, it's like a verbal journal. I work so much out when I'm just talking to you guys. And every time you interview someone, it's like a personal coaching session. Plus, I even got my first mentor in entrepreneurship because of podcasting, Pat Flynn. He's the host of a show called Smart Passive Income. It was the first podcast that I started listening to regularly way back in 2012. And I remember thinking to myself, well, sitting cross-legged on a carpet, doing my hair and listening to this show, that someday I am going to be successful enough to be a guest on his show. And guess what? It was only six months after I made a decision and started taking action that Pat invited me on his show, that that dream became a reality. It's honestly hard for me to even convey how grateful I am to live in a time where podcasting exists. Anyone can have their own platform. Anyone can build an audience and grow their influence and spread ideas. And it's also accessible. And with this episode, I actually have a bunch of resources and freebies for you guys to help you get up and running, including a whole video series on how to start a podcast from my mentor Pat Flynn. I'll tell you more about this free course at the end of the episode. so if you're an action taker and you already know that you are ready to take the first step, stick around. Or you can get these links right now. Uh, there'll be a bunch of other resources as well listed on the show notes page at mindlove.com slash p o d. So in this episode, our guest is fellow podcaster, Katie Kremitzos. She's a mom, wife, adventurer, podcaster, seeker, and change maker. She's had a few podcasts now. Her first was called Biz Women Rock, and now she has the Women's Meditation Network. She and her husband also founded an amazing podcast conference called PodFest, which I will be speaking at in a few weeks, March 7th in Orlando. But I love her story because she's a great example of how you can evolve through and with your podcasts. So where she started helping women in business, she eventually realized her passion is more than that. It's about giving women the tools, strategies, and inspiration to live lives that they truly love. So for all of you that are scared to start because you're afraid you'll pick the wrong thing, just know starting starts the evolution process and you can steer your own journey wherever you want to go with it. So in this episode, three key things we will learn are how to get over your fear of putting yourself out there, how to use podcasting as a tool for self-discovery and how to pivot your purpose as you learn and grow. Before we get started, do you want to know the best way to wake up inspired every single day? Sign up for The Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational emails right to your inbox. I get messages from people every single day about how The Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start the day, or that the message that came through is exactly what they needed to hear. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. You'll get a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to your highest self. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a really cool booklet of Powerless to help you gain clarity and live with intention. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you want to make it really easy, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Katie Kramitzos to the show.
0: Melissa, what's going on, girl? I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course, I'm
1: stoked. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm so curious about your story because you and your husband are pretty big into podcasting. You even host the, the podcast conference PodFest. So yeah. what initially got you into podcasting? Why did you start?
0: So my husband and I used to own a local entrepreneurs organization called the Tampa Bay Business Owners, much like a chamber of commerce, but just for entrepreneurs in our local area. We had about 330 members at its height. And what we did was facilitate education and opportunities for our members to help each other out. So a lot of that looked like, you know, bringing in speakers to talk about X, Y, and Z. And one of the speakers we had come in to one of our events talked about podcasting and talked about how he had this podcast. I wasn't at that particular event, but my husband remembers it very vividly because it was a friend of his and his friend at the time was like, "Oh yeah, almost like apologetically saying like, oh, he gets like 5,000 people a week listening to his podcast and like apologizing for it." And my husband was like, "Dude, you know I just marketed like an entire month to get 20 people in this room, right? Like you understand that 5,000 people in a week. <laughs> like that's a big deal. And so my husband got right away how powerful podcasting could be. Fast forward a couple of weeks. I now had learned a little bit about podcasting. He came back to me so excited about it. And then we sort of had this moment on another event that we had put on. We put on a um a local marketer's cruise and we had this woman talk about blogging. It had nothing to do with podcasting, but she was like one of the first seven-figure bloggers back in the day. But she talked about massive impact. And here we were running this local organization and working our tails off for it, loving it, loving being able to look our folks in the eyes. And yet we knew that, wow, there is this... We sort of put all the pieces together. Wow, there's this really incredible tool called a podcast. And we can use that to reach millions and millions and millions of people. Let's do that. <laughs> and so both he and I sort of came to the table. We sat down with our business strategist and. We were both like, I want to do a podcast. And he was like, I want to do a podcast. And, but we thankfully had a great strategist who was like, y'all already run a very intensive business. Really, let's choose one of you to do it. And then we'll go from there. So I kind of had the more crystallized idea of wanting to, at that time, have a podcast called Biz Women Rock, which was a podcast for women entrepreneurs. And so we both sort of put our efforts behind my podcast, but because he, acted as sort of the marketing engineer behind the scenes because that's really where his gifts lie. He like it was in the experience with me. And so uh, his natural tendency is to be a community builder, to be a resource provider. And so as I was going on my podcasting journey of being the podcaster, he was, you know, putting together podcasting workshops, which eventually turned into the very first podcast and bringing together people who were interested in podcasting. So we've had very parallel, but very different podcasting journeys for all of these years.
1: When you start a podcast, though, it can be pretty vulnerable. Like it's one of those things where you don't have the ability to go back to an old blog post and edit it <laughs> and update right. it with your new beliefs or whatever. <laughs> so when you were first starting, did you have any fears of just getting out there? Girl, did I have fears? What? Hello? Am I alive and breathing? Of course I had fears. <laughs> yes,
0: tons. I still have fears as a podcast six years later. My fears back then. Were that I'm going to look like an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. Because even though, rewind back then, even though I had been a business owner for uh, a few years at that point, and I was on my show, I was interviewing women business owners. I did not consider myself somebody who is very smart about... Like, I didn't consider myself who knew everything about business, right? Like, I never saw myself as a quote-unquote expert in business. And so I felt really stupid. And I felt like, I'm going to really screw up. I'm going to say something that reveals how stupid I am about business. (laughs) And here I am hosting a business podcast. (laughs) And then I was scared that no one would want to be on the show. I was scared that people... Wouldn't actually listen. I mean, I was scared. I would, yeah, just really say things that made me look stupid. That's what I was terrified of. And I did it anyway.
1: (laughs) A lot of people, though, let that fear kind of debilitate them and it holds them back for years. It's funny because I pushed back my dreams for a really long time. And I wasn't really even aware that it was fear at the time. It would show up as like perfectionism, or I'd feel like Mm. I needed to just be overprepared or like I wasn't quite ready whatever it was, how did you move past that? Like find the courage? Was there anything that you were doing to talk yourself up or basically just how did you move beyond your fear? So this is true back then when I launched my first
0: podcast, Biz Women Rock. And this is also true for when I launched my second podcast, the Women's Meditation Network, a year and a half ago and continues to be true today. I always think about It does show up for me in the sense of like, it needs to be perfect. I am a planner. I can get into planning really easily, but partnered with my husband, my husband is, I want to say it's fly by the seat of his pants, but that's actually not what it is. He is go first and figure it all out later. And there is immense beauty in that. And in our partnership, as business owners together, we really did a good job of balancing each other out. Like I was sort of the preparer and the planner and organizer, and he was the, let's just go and do it out big. And I would like clean up after the fact, it would be great. So I have to give him a lot of credit because he really has always been throughout our whole relationship together. That has always been very intrinsically connected in business. He has always pushed me to just go even when I'm scared, go even when it feels ugly, go even though it's going to be imperfect. He's always given me a lot of permission to he has an entire book called Start Ugly. Like he's got that (laughs) whole phrase like and it's always felt when my closest person in my life tells me, yeah, go do it. Go ahead that's huge. And I recognize what a privilege that is. Cause not everyone has that. I think a lot of us have the closest person in our lives might actually be like the person holding us back or putting the biggest fears in our, like planting those fears. Like, you know, no, we can't do that. It's too unstable. It's too risky. And my husband's not that he's the opposite of that. But you know, it's even before him, like, I feel like I've always been somebody who does scary things. And I, I just attribute it to the fact that I've, got used to making really tough decisions at a very early age and things that were very hard and still walked through them and realized that I could survive. So I always, throughout all my seasons of my life, I've always made challenging and very hard decisions and have always known I'll go through it. But it it has shown up in so many ways. And I just know, you know, ultimately, like, what's the right thing for me? And I let that be the shining, guiding light that helps
1: me walk through it all. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, The Dr. John Deloney Show is here for you. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. is so important having that person in your corner. And it doesn't always have to be your significant other. A lot of times mine is. I'm lucky like that, too. But that's what I love about things like PodFest and podcast movement and just different events, because surrounding yourself by with people that are doing either the same thing as you or something that you want to do is just so inspiring because uh, instead of being the outlier, being this person who is saying, hey, I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to start a business or whatever it is. And the people around you that are working the nine to fives that have have their own fear holding them back or just don't see that as a viable path. Those are the voices that you're hearing every day. And so instead of feeling encouraged, you feel like you're taking this big, bold move that no one else is. And is it even possible? And then the moment that you are in a room with a bunch of people doing the same thing, you're like, wow, this is totally doable. You can ask yeah. people different ways to do it. So it's so awesome that you guys have also put a an importance on the meeting in person and really connecting other podcasters in general, because one thing that I really love about podcasters is you can't have a podcast for a really long time and not discover more of your own authenticity. (laughs) So what what was your process for really finding your voice through the podcast? (laughs) Practice, showing up (laughs) and doing it. I'll give you this
0: example. Like in my first, probably the first six months of My interview podcast, I would research the woman that I was going to interview. I would come up with, you know, X amount of questions that I was going to interview her based on the story that I felt like we would tell. I would send those questions to her. We'd be all prepared. You know, nine times out of 10, they didn't read it. So it's just who cares? Like, and then I realized I was once I sat back and actually surrendered to the fact that I really enjoy conversation and I feel like I'm a good conversationalist. And that's all this is. So let me just stop being so prepared and. Do enough research to know who the heck I'm talking to and like what is interesting that I think would be a really good angle for the woman listening. But I just surrendered to the organic nature of the conversation. And that allowed me to step into a voice because all of a sudden we'd be in a conversation that I hadn't planned. And it gave me an opportunity to say something that was true for me or a way that I could identify or ask a question that I knew that I was so curious about. And the feedback that I always got was, Katie, you always ask the question that I'm ready to ask, you know? And it, it was that constant back and forth that allowed me to continuously step into my voice. And as I b- grew that business, the Biz Women Rock business, into you know, being a business strategist, offering masterminds, um, offering education for entrepreneurial women, my voice became stronger and stronger as I had more and more practice of coaching women and helping them through this process. And that transitions even to the Women's Meditation Network, which sounds very different, right? That's completely different topic, completely different type of a podcast. But even there, you know, it, it is their guided meditations that I release once a week on the podcast, you know, anywhere from five to 20 minutes long. And even there, you know, I had so much. You talk about fear. Like, I had so much fear. Like, who am I to do a meditation podcast? I do not have any certifications. I am not a yogi. I'm not yoga certified. I'm not even living in that space. But I've used meditation for 20 years and I am, have been a consumer of it for a long time. So, let me just give it a shot. So, those first couple of episodes were so risky for me to put out and terrifying for me to have this voice of giving this guided meditation when i really had no compass other than i think that this is good <laughs> this is something i would click on and listen to and the development of that voice of that meditation voice has been again very paralleled to my prior podcast which was has been like based on the feedback like people telling me god i love your voice or man i wish i could hear about this type of a meditation and And allowing me to lean in deeper into what my listeners are asking for and wanting that they're giving me and leaning deeper into the power of this tool of podcasting and the power of this audio meditation and being able to experiment with it a little bit and have fun with it. And and so it's, you know, my ultimate answer is just practice so much practice.
1: I love that you went forward with a meditation podcast without having a meditation certification. This is kind of a bone I have to pick with this industry. It's funny because people have been meditating for so many years and then one random human decided to create a certification. It doesn't necessarily mean it's needed. And we bog ourselves down so much when we're looking for this new avenue of life. We're like, but I'm not certified. Well, you know, if you're not like providing somebody healthcare or like something like that, like ask yourself really, do you need a certification to start? That might just be several thousand dollars that people created to form their own multi million dollar business, you know. And it can be really helpful. Like I am a huge advocate of courses and programs. I yeah. I have a lot of certifications from my past because I felt like that's what I needed to do. But it is really helpful having a step by step guide for when I'm starting something new. Otherwise I do tend to like get overwhelmed in all the details and conflicting information online. So there's a difference between like having a guide or a mentor or a course and like feeling like you can't put yourself out there because you don't have the right certifications depending of course on the industry. So (laughs) thank you for doing that and also speaking up about it. Yeah. I mean, I am not
0: shy about saying that. There's a a little bit of pride that I have in that. I had a lot of imposter syndrome in the very beginning. As a matter of fact, I created a meditation called shatter imposter syndrome because (laughs) I know I'm not the only one who deals with it, which was, you know, who am I to do meditation? And I believe that there's a difference in your intention behind getting educated. Meaning if your intention behind Going and seeking out education is because you truly want to better yourself and learn something and come out on the other end transformed so that you can give more. Great. Go get it. Go get the formal education that you need. If your intention is because you think you need it in order to be legitimized to do something, nope, that is procrastination, probably. So, you know, like I knew that I didn't need, I don't have a formal, you know, MBA, and yet I have been very successfully coaching and strategizing with business owners for a long time. And I can say without ego that I feel like I'm pretty damn good at it. I'm pretty damn good strategist. And I feel like I'm very wise in business. I don't know everything by any means. But... I have done that without an MBA. I don't believe you need an MBA in order to be good at business. And so I have that same mentality with meditation. I don't need to be formally trained in order to feel like I can legitimately be, you know, okayed to give meditation. All I needed to make sure to do was that my intention was pure and in line with my gifts and my desire to impact women through these meditations.
1: Right. The words that came to mind when you were talking right then was, are you buying this program for expansion or permission? And if it's permission, you can give yourself permission. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Ooh, that's good. That's a good title of a podcast episode.
1: (laughs) That might be this one. Let's just wait for it. Do not
0: need permission. You really only need permission from yourself. And so that's the work to do. Right. Like that's the work to do is to go inside and say, okay, if I'm having imposter syndrome on this, like, is this really do I really need some external education or do I need permission from myself? And if so, let's get on with giving myself permission.
1: Right. And again, I am such an advocate for courses. I love them. I have them all the time. But I also have created rules for myself around them because I used to buy courses as a way of feeling productive, but really actually procrastinating. (laughs) And so it's like if I was in one more course, I wouldn't actually have to start. And it was actually the one that really (laughs) changed that for me was the podcasting course I took. And there two things happened. Number one, I was ready. I had gotten clarity. And instead of trying to fill somebody else's desires, I really got clarity on what my own was and what I wanted to create. And so then the podcasting course just helped me follow those steps without getting deep into a Google rabbit hole. <laughs> yes. But the other thing that can really hold people back and held me back in the beginning was picking the niche. You hear like niches are in the riches and whatever. And what I love about your journey is you started a business podcast and you recently announced that you're going to be closing that one down and focusing yeah. solely on meditation. So you've allowed yeah. yourself to evolve with podcasting. Was that a yeah. hard decision for you?
0: Absolutely. It was hard for- on many levels. It was hard emotionally because Biz Women Rock started as a podcast that then gave birth to a business. And that entire brand was my very first entree into a business that was 100% mine. I had been an entrepreneur before, but it was a company that my husband and I both ran. And so, you know, like, of course, I had the chops of running a business. But This was the first brand name that I was responsible for and was all mine. And it was my voice. And I was 100% in charge on what I said and what it stood for and what I did. And I had it before I had kids. So it was my baby. And so emotionally speaking, it was really hard to make the decision to let it go or to quote unquote, go on sabbatical, which is the language I've been using around it. Because I am still in love with it. I'm still in love with everything that it stands for. I'm still in love with the women that I have served and still get to serve. And so walking away from something that you're in love with is very hard. (laughs) And so yeah, there there was a lot of emotion behind that. And also the logistical aspect of it was that it had been for many years, I mean, part of our livelihood. I mean, it was a very significant contributor to our finances. It was a very, has been a very, very stable business for many years. And so all of a sudden, I'm sitting here having these conversations with my husband about like, I I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And I really, I want the energy that I have for business with two small kids, I want the the pocket of time that I've carved out for business. I want that to be dedicated to the Women's Meditation Network, which, you know, when I first started was a startup business. I mean, it's only a year and a half old. And it, while it, you know, so gratefully is producing income, it's still a startup business. And it is not matching by any means my Biz Women Rock business. So there has not been like a such a smooth transition financially from one thing to the other. And so that has been very scary, too. And then, you know, terrified of letting people down, like hard in the sense of I don't want to let it go. And then even when I knew it was time to let it go hard in the sense of, is it really time to let it go? Is it should I hold on just a little longer? I don't know. And I, you know, as of the time of this recording yesterday, I made the official announcement to on my podcast and to my community within the private Facebook group and sort of made it public. And even though I had made the decision weeks and weeks ago, and even though I had set everything into motion to actually start, you know, taking these actions to say goodbye and give the announcement of the finale, and here's the last couple of weeks episodes and all that stuff, I was completely unprepared for how emotional that would be yesterday. You know, I had a day planned where I was gonna, the podcast went live, you know, I do my Facebook live and then continue on to all the to do things I needed to do that day. And I instead, after this Facebook Live, I cried and I just allowed myself to just be and sit in the emotion and the intensity of all of the emotion, like the good, the challenging, all of it, the nostalgia, the gratitude, the immensity, the enormity of what I was doing. Like, wow. So yes, it has been hard and
1: also the right thing. When we transition in life in general, I think it's so emotional. There's times in my life where I look back and the overall the period of time kind of sucked for me. And maybe I was like partying my worries away or like trying to numb all my feelings but even those like really bad years, every now and then something will remind me of it. And I will almost feel a grief because I think as we grow, we shed parts of ourselves. And so we, like that old Melissa or 22 year old Melissa doesn't exist or Melissa that worked at a startup doesn't exist anymore. Or right. She does somewhere in some dimension. <laughs> but like, yeah. that's not what I'm in tune with right now. So I get it. But what I love about it, too, though, is that like. A lot of people feel like when they're starting a business or a podcast or a blog or whatever, what they pick the first time has to be what they stick with, which is what holds them back. And I will say that even in launching Mind Love, my vision for it in the beginning has totally evolved. I've gotten clarity on my message. I've gotten clarity on who I love to speak to, what I love to speak about, what my future might hold. How has your vision for your life unfolded through... Not only just being so vulnerable on a podcast all the time, but connecting with so many people and just discovering yourself through that medium. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three year old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/mindlove today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com/mindlove.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Okay. So I'm about to do in my finale of the Biz Women Rock podcast, it ends on December 2nd of 2019. And in two weeks, I'm actually doing a podcasting series to pay homage to this incredible platform. So I'm interviewing like five women that week, all who have podcasts and just telling all these great different podcasting stories. And I say that because I cannot tell you how deeply impacted I have been from the inside out through this medium of podcasting. It is the platform that I chose six years ago to show up to the mic and start something. It was done very ugly and have evolved all of these years. And it continues to be this massive tool. The podcast and the really the business and like the every for me that I'm a business person. So like that's You know, it's like showing up for the podcast, showing up for the business and the women that I have been privileged to meet. And outside of my actual little business, like the podcasting community, I have been blown away by the family that I have found within this podcasting community. And I have to evolve. I have to, and it shows up in really interesting ways. It shows up at events like PodFest Multimedia Expo, where I am sitting in the room and learning something new and challenging myself like, oh, I need to do a little bit more of that. Or that's a really good idea. My show should really go that way. Or that's a great business idea. Maybe I can incorporate that and then have the podcast do that. So it's like the tiny little ways where I'm being forced to stretch. And then, you know, through the business that, you know, was Biz Women Rock and now, is the women's meditation network i'm being forced to go inside always and and always ask the question like what do i now need and what do i want to do what am i here to do and how can this tool that i have in front of me help me do that and you know in all of these years prior with biz women rock it's always been that answering that question has always led to okay i want to do masterminds because that's what my women are asking for. I'm really good. I've been facilitating masterminds for a long time. I can do that. Okay, so now who do I need to be in order to have the chops to show up to market masterminds, <laughs> to get the right people in the room, to be able to structure the program, to be able to put a price on it that I feel great about and women will happily invest in, like all of that. And even with the Women's Meditation Network, it has been this incredible tool that forces me to show up and again, transition and evolve. Like, you know, okay, well, I want a more product-based business because I have a four-year-old and a, you know, a kid who's about to turn one, like the tiny little humans running around that I'm super responsible for. (laughs) And I want to be here and I want to be present with them. And so like, how do I create this business and this podcast to simultaneously, you know, be this thing of prosperity, of abundance, that, uh, that, I can use as this message and this voice to the world, to the women of the world, so that they can access these really amazing meditations that allow them to see the goddess inside of them, that allow them to hear their inner voice so that they can be the leaders of their own lives. like how can I give them that? And in addition, how can I allow that to support my family in a way so that we can be financially abundant and and then I can give more to the world? so it's like this this amazing. Tunnel to walk through that forces me in every step of the way to constantly like peel away what's not working, what more of what is working, what's not working, more of what is working. And how do I do that in a way that feels so good to me and impacts and serves and 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 and, and all of the <laughs> things? So it is a never-ending gauntlet. And that is for me like why I do it, because I personally believe that if if you want to put stuff out into the world at all, you have to do the inner work in order to do that authentically.
1: It's so true. I call my podcast like my personal life coach because yes. whatever I need, that's what I, excites me so much is because when I'm like, wait, hold on, I think I might have imposter syndrome here. Let me get an imposter syndrome expert. And suddenly yes. I have this hour long conversation or yeah. And I love how you voice that. Uh, what? Who do I need to be to show up in this next phase of my life or to be the person yeah. that hosts these communities or whatever, like what feels strong for me right now and what feel like my weak points? Where could I use a little work? Let yeah. me find an expert on that and talk to them for an hour. <laughs> it's so much fun. And so yeah. even on the days, there have been times where I've just been having a low week for whatever reason. I I have big emotions. So I definitely go up <laughs> and down and I'm like, I'm just like, today... <laughs> Today's gloomy, so I'm I'm sad, but sometimes I'll then be sort of forced to do an interview and it changes my whole day around. I'm lit up, I'm inspired, and it's just so cool to have that kind of connection with people at any given time that you want and in a mutually beneficial way where you don't feel like, okay, I'm taking up your time. You're each helping each other out. What has been some of your most impactful interviews or connections or whatever just through podcasting?
0: Oh my God. I literally, I can verbatim say exactly what you just said. Every, it is constantly through, you know, I don't do interviews through the Women's Meditation Network, but I definitely can see it manifested there too. I'll explain in just a second, but through Biz Women Rock, it was always that. It was always like, Literally, the exact person the exact message I needed to hear showed up in the form of the person that I just interviewed that I really didn't want to show up to the interview, but I showed up to the interview because I didn't want to cancel. <laughs> and it completely shifted me. Uh, it was the exact message I needed to hear. I mean, Melissa, I think I mean, yeah, I had you on the show on the biz Women rock podcast mm-hmm. like two months ago, and that was a perfect example. Like I was still in the space of trying to figure out like, you know, what am I doing with all these podcasts? And then I got you on and there you were just this breath of fresh air. We talked about what you did so differently with your podcast and how that lent itself to, you know, a brand new podcast, getting like a million downloads in the first year. Like what? So, you know, it was like you said everything that I needed to hear. I'm not even talking just strategically, but like bringing in a breath of fresh air to your podcast and something that you've been doing a while. It was beautiful. And then even outside of actual person connection, Again, this tool of podcasting, I'll I'll give a brief explanation of how this has worked through the Women's Meditation Network, as far as like this beautiful tool giving you exactly what you need in this moment. I remember sitting down. So, my process for the guided meditations is I sit down and I actually write the guided meditation. And so, I'm sort of like envisioning it. And, you know, whatever cool guided vision that I am giving or whatever it is, I sort of envision it, I write it down, and then I get on the mic and basically read through it. So, It was one of the very first meditations that I had written and it was called You Are Extraordinary, A Daily Reminder. And this was in, I hadn't launched the podcast yet. I was just, you know, getting my first couple of episodes ready. And I sat down and I started writing this and I'm writing, what's a little unique about my guided meditations is that they are very deliberately created to give a message to the woman listening. So they are like reminding you you are extraordinary you are worthy you are you connect to the goddess within you you know like you are powerful forgive yourself beautiful like there's just these very poignant messages that I am very deliberately and intentionally wanting you to hear so I was writing that meditation and I started crying because I was reading the words that I was writing and that I knew I got so close and touched the fact that wow like there's going to be women listening to this and they're going to hear me say this to them. What a gift. Oh my gosh. that's so powerful. Like you, I God, how powerful that is. And I called my husband and I was like, Oh my God, I'm crying. He's like, what's going on? <laughs> Babe, this is going to be huge. He's like, yeah, I already know that. I was like, no, 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 no. This is such a powerful tool to make a difference. Holy cow. He's like, I know choose your words wisely. And I was like, I already have the words. They're amazing. (laughs) So, you know, like the podcast for this beautiful tool to shift and to give you what you need, whether it's through actual people who you're having these mind expanding conversations with, or whether it's through words of your own that you're creating to put out into the world or stories that you're telling, you know, on a solo show or, or whatever you're creating, like, wow, to really swim in the power and the presence of that is such an honor.
1: What I love about podcasting, too, and one of the reasons that I started was I just knew I needed an online thing, and I had toiled at the ideas of blogs. I started a blog back in the day, and I'm a marketer, so I knew how to get eyes on it. But I would get tripped up over words. I had like a creative block for a really long time, even though I identified as being a writer when I was young. Something blocked right after college, and I never really wrote again until I started this blog. But I would go... I would get too caught up on having the perfect words. And a lot of times it would stop me from even getting it out there. And with YouTube, I could always talk myself out of being on video, but I had already Mm. gotten compliments on my voice. I love to talk. Talking, I will say, is my strong suit. So I was like, (laughs) well, of course, like this one seems so much easier. I can... Literally, like, be topless in a messy bun on the other (laughs) side and just make sure that camera's off. (laughs) And I can still show up to work and, like, have a meaningful conversation with somebody while, like, looking like a wreck and drinking my matcha latte and still being in my safe space. So it allows me to connect while also... I We recently did an episode on being an empath. I'm very empathic. And sometimes in social settings, I absorb the energy too much. And so I'll need to just take a week away from people. But with podcasting, I can still connect with them while still being in my bubble and protecting my space. So it's just so powerful. And as I've grown though, I've also learned how to show up my best in conversations. It's almost like having deliberate practice with just this communication because there's not the body language all the time. There can be if you're doing video, but there's just, it's targeted to the vocal conversation and that human to human connection. So man, I have to say my communication skills are so much better after starting this podcast. What do you think has been your biggest growth from podcasting just on a personal level that you could take with you anywhere.
0: Uh not saying um so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it aligned with, you know, what you just said, absolutely it is seriously up leveled my professional speak if you will and my I don't actually that's probably the wrong phrase, but my ability to verbally communicate emotion and story with intention and Just because you practice, right? And the ability to be in conversation and to, you know, oh my God, I think by the time Biz Women Rock is done, I will have done 450 interviews. So that's a lot of Mm -hmm. conversation. That's a lot of people that I'm thoroughly interested in all of these years and I thoroughly want to know about. So it has helped me be a better listener. It has helped me to practice my communication skills, I have a master's degree in communication, like the art of human communication. And so I feel like it lent itself beautifully for this platform because I felt like I have been relatively good at doing that, at communicating a message, being able to interact. But this has given me a ridiculous amount of practice for that. And I am ridiculously aware of how and what I'm saying and the impact I want that to have. So It's just been really powerful in that sense. And believe me, that shows up very helpful in my marriage, in my relationship with my daughters, in my relationship with my family members, and and just as a friend, you know, allows me to be more present for all of those conversations and for showing up for each of those folks in my life very, very deliberately.
1: A lot of people start a podcast though, and then they're discouraged in the beginning because they're like, well, it's going to take me so long at this rate to get sponsors and to, and they don't see the immediate payoff. So, how have you been able to pursue this passion of communicating through podcasting and connecting with all these people while making it something totally worthwhile for your family and your business? I
0: did it very intentionally, meaning. So when I started Biz Women Rock, I didn't know what I was doing and I just know I wanted it to be something and I wanted it to be something of my own. It took me about two years to really two years of putting out content every single week to finally like say, okay, I'm going to be a coach and strategist. Let me offer that. Like I've had enough conversation at this point where I feel like I could really help people and people have been knocking down my door and I keep telling them no. So let me just actually say Yes. And then, you know, I started experimenting with building out a business model. But I am a business mind. I'm an entrepreneur. So I am always thinking about that beautiful space where what I love to do marries value that other people see in it and that people need and also marries the prosperity in line with that. So like for me, it's this beautiful, abundant, you know mishmash of all of those things. So there's no such thing in my life for the past 10 years since I've been an entrepreneur called, Oh, let me just go make money over here to maintain a lifestyle. And then let me go do this other passion project over here. Like, that's just not how I live. I haven't lived that way for a long time. So I'm always in the space of what do I really want to be doing? What kind of lifestyle do I want? What message do I want to bring to the world? What impact do I want to have on the world? And how can that look as a business so that it not only pays for my lifestyle, but it gives me the opportunity to live very abundantly on all fronts. So I've always been in that space. So as I got more and more practice under my belt with Biz Women Rock, I was always in the flow of how can I make that more better? How uh, more? I just said more better. And I also <laughs> did say that I was a better communicator. That's really sad. <laughs> Wow. Um, But like, how can I improve what I'm offering? Because I understand that me offering this is fulfilling a need. It's something I love doing and it can make me money. So let's figure out the best of all of those worlds. And as it relates to the Women's Meditation Network, that's been a very different mental shift. So, you know, for anyone who is thinking about starting a podcast or has started a podcast and might be frustrated by, you know, oh, it feels like it's going to take a long time to make a lifestyle out of this, to allow it to pay for my lifestyle, to make a business out of this. You have to understand, like, I'm kind of starting from scratch with the Women's Meditation Network. I had a very viable business for many, many years through the Biz Women Rock podcast. And now this was, you know, this business model is very different. It is instead of, you know, $5,000 or $10,000 for a mastermind with me or a $20,000 one year coaching program with me. It is a $7 product called, you know, the seven, seven day meditation challenge or a $10 sleep bundle. And that is a very different business model. So it takes mass numbers to be able to support that kind of a business model. And that's not all of it, but, you know, that's kind of bare bones of a description of it. And so, it can be frustrating for me as a quote unquote newbie to this meditation, to this meditation podcast, which is like, okay, well, so how do I show up? How do I make this a viable business? And I'm always thinking about, okay, well, what do I need to do in order, if this, if the model that I've built is one that requires mass in order to, you know, have sustainability through small purchased products, uh, or even through advertising. Like, how do I hit those numbers? What do I need to do in order to hit those numbers in order to drive that revenue into my household and into my family? So, so it can get frustrating. But at the end of the day, it's... Podcasting is a long-term play. I will tell anyone that. It is the rarity, Melissa. You are a rare breed that, you know, attracts a million downloads in a year. Like that is the rarity that, you know, Biz Women Rock after six years of podcasting had an average of, you know, five, six, 7,000 downloads a month. So that is a very niche audience. Women's Meditation Network has been very different. That's been a, a very different type of a thing. Right now we're hitting at about 40,000 downloads a month, which is amazing and awesome. And it requires that based on the business model that I set up. So it's a long-term play. And for me, it's been a worthwhile management of how do I actually pay my bills and do this at the same time? And how do I pay my bills by doing things that I love and finagling all of that? And that's just sort of the entrepreneurial journey.
1: Right. And it's funny because people might hear the story of my growth and either be inspired to try to do the same thing or they're discouraged because they might have started and not seen that. But I have talked to plenty of people that had like a fraction of my download numbers that were making exponentially more than me because of the way that they thought about their business and they framed it. Because when I started, growth was my strong suit. That's what I did in startups. That's what I've kind of studied for years. And I had my own money mindset blocks in general that I've been working through over the last years. And so it was easier for me to focus on just audience growth than figuring out how to sell to them in the beginning. So that's all I was focusing on. It wasn't super sustainable. I had to focus on other things in order to make money and whatever. And I don't know if I would do it a different way going back because this is just the way that I did it and it worked for me. But it's like when you said about that first story you told, where somebody said, oh, I only have 5,000 downloads and you're like, do you know how much we marketed to get 30 people in this room or or whatever? (laughs) It's like, what are you going to do with those people once you have them? You can sell them the $5 thing or you can really work. It's going to take maybe a longer funnel or more conversations or something different to sell them something higher price. But that is up to you. And that's such the beauty of podcasting is that It's this avenue to reach a lot of people and what you do with that is your decision. And it's really powerful, not just for business growth, but also personal growth and just self-discovery and finding clarity in what you want. So just thank you for coming on and sharing your story. You're like all over the podcast map with the ways that you've come (laughs) at it. And it's just so inspiring. So for listeners who are inspired by you, want to learn more about the Women's Meditation Network and your events, where's the best place to connect?
0: Yeah, you can go to womensmeditationnetwork.com. There's a bunch of free resources there for you, as well as some of those bundles and the challenges and all that sort of stuff. And obviously, you can subscribe to the podcast by going to that same website uh, and get a free meditation on your phone every single week. So yeah, I really appreciate you having me here, Melissa. This podcasting journey is amazing and awesome and overwhelming and so, so beautiful. So uh, I appreciate this conversation so much.
1: All the links from this episode will be in the show notes at mindlove.com pod, P-O-D. There will be links to all the resources that you need to get your podcast up and running. I'll link to tickets to PodFest, which is a conference happening in Orlando early March. And I will link to the free video series by my mentor, Pat Flynn, called You Must Start a Podcast and I Will Show You How. Pat is one of the most generous teachers out there, and his lessons are an absolute must. At the end of this video series, you will know what your podcast should be about, the practical steps to get that podcast idea off the ground, and some ninja tricks to spreading the word about your podcast. Pat shares one tip that blew my mind when I first saw it, and without spoiling it, I think you will be impressed by the level of content that Pat is just giving away for free. So you can register for this video series right now at mindlove.com pod, and the first video will be sent out March 3rd. Also, if you're in or near Orlando and you want to make it out, I will link to where you can buy tickets to PodFest at mindlove.com pod. So I will say if you are starting anything new, the best thing that you can do is surround yourself by people who are already doing it. It makes it feel more in reach. It shows you what's possible. It's really motivating. Plus, that is how you start to build your support system. And like Katie said, the podcasting community is so tight knit and supportive. I had no idea that I would make so many friends through something that I do primarily behind my computer screen. So, don't forget to connect with me on social this week at Mind Love Melissa, and thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I will see you on Tuesday.
0: Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love.
1: Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week.